0: Michigan's win feels like a really, really long time ago. Good morning. It is Monday, November 29th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott, joined right now by Chris Hummer. Chris, it's uh, Sunday night. It's the latest we we ever record on a Sunday. We're not going to do our winners and losers this week because, as expected, we had a, a lot of coaching carousel movement on Sunday. Of course, Lincoln Riley going to USC being the biggest domino we've had in quite some time, just give me not maybe your initial reaction because anyone who wanted that could have just been on Twitter on Sunday afternoon and and read your great column, but the reaction that you're probably still having by Monday morning when this thing airs.
1: I think this says a lot about how Lincoln Riley views Oklahoma and how some other coaches in the future will view the new 16-team SEC. I think we spent a lot of time Thinking about how awesome that 16-team SEC is going to be, how great the football will be, how competitive the football will be. But at a lot of those programs, and I would say 10 to 12 of them have conference title aspirations annually, or at least unrealistic expectations for conference championships annually, that being in that conference... Unless you're Nick Saban, can be a bit of a meat grinder. We've seen it with Dan Mullen, who made three straight near six bowls and got fired near four uh, for one bad season. And a program like Oklahoma, which had gone to six straight Big Twelve championships, is not going to be the same in the SEC. It's just not going to be. No matter no matter what the pod system looks like, no matter if they go to divisions, Oklahoma is not going to own that league in the same way. And Lincoln Riley choosing to go to USC, which features a much easier path to the playoff. And much more fertile recruiting grounds says a lot about Oklahoma, the job. But I also just, I think long-term think some coaches are going to be a little hesitant to dip into those sec waters, given kind of the chum that's always in the waters there with everything that goes into being in that conference.
0: That's a great point. And you can even look at the school Riley was linked to LSU, won a national championship lesson two years ago and, and has already fired Ed Orgeron. So Riley, and I, and one of the more interesting things about all of this, Chris, is that some of the bones of, of OU's 2022 recruiting class, which ranks seventh nationally, and its 2023 recruiting class, which ranks number one one nationally, and includes five-star quarterback Malik Nelson. Those are West Coast kids. And you've already seen the crystal balls fly in for a five-star running back like Relique Brown, who's who goes in modern day and was committed to Oklahoma and now it's probably gonna to flip to USC. This is sizable. And if you're Oklahoma, this isn't gonna be the garden variety head coaching change where you you get all your commits and all your players tweeting, hey, is still loyal to the program, committed to the program, not the coach, and and you know, jumping on board with who whomever the new head coaches. Because West Coast kids are committing to Oklahoma because of Lincoln Riley. They're not gonna go yeah, to I mean, Oklahoma if Lincoln Riley's not there. And and that's... and Caleb Williams is at Oklahoma. Because of Lincoln Riley, so we've been bracing for this really fun uh, or busy, depending on how you want to look at it, or deleterious to the sport week of transfer portal activity. How uh, will Quinn Ewers enter, uh, Will Spencer Rattler enter? And now we're gonna get have this Caleb Williams scenario. Like, yeah. it, it, and, and I can pull on that thread all day, man. Like, I, I can go okay. Well, Lincoln Riley is probably just going to roll with Jackson Dart. Does Caleb Williams become the most coveted quarterback on the transfer portal? If Lane Kiffin goes to LSU, does he take Caleb Williams instead of Spencer Rattler? Does Spencer Rattler start at Oklahoma next year for Jeff Levy? I mean, like, what? This thing opened up every single possible option for talking points in college football, and we like again, we don't have an LSU coaching search finished like Miami could come open Washington's still not finalized like this this is just absolutely bonkers we haven't even talked about Florida hiring Billy Napier and i almost feel bad for them because no one's even talking about this now but i think pull on that thread a little bit more with you if you would the the player personnel the roster management impact of Lincoln Riley going to USC where you've got a Jackson Dart there uh, and you've got all those commits who are probably just going to flip to you
1: I mean, it's it's significant. Heading into today, I expected to see Jack Miller, Ohio State's quarterback, in the portal he entered. This afternoon, I was very much expecting to see Spencer Rattler in the portal today or tomorrow as well. Um, sources have indicated that is coming soon. Uh, but maybe, as you said, that changes that. And you mentioned Caleb Williams and him committing to Lincoln Riley. He tweeted earlier today, and it didn't say, I'm staying at Oklahoma. It said, I appreciate all the concerns about the situation. But I'm happy for Coach Riley, Mama Riley, and his family for the huge opportunity they have ahead. And that's all this, That's all I plan to say right now. Hashtag boomer. Does, that does not strike me as a kid who is like saying I'm here no matter what. And if Caleb Williams leaves, as you said, dominoes are going to fall everywhere because he'd instantly be the most sought after quarterback in the portal.
0: I'm not interested in villainizing Lincoln Riley he's a tremendous coach. I'm happy for him. Uh, he makes around 7.5 million right now. You probably think, I mean, you told us before we hit record, he'll probably be making 10 million at USC's a private school. So someone's going kind to of leak that information. So I'm happy for him. I'm, at, I'm, I'm least,
1: not- at least 10 million. I, I 10 have million. no doubt. I have no doubt LSU was coming in there between 10 and 12, and it might have been on the higher side. So at least 10 million.
0: So yeah. So I don't, yeah, like good for him. Got the bag. I don't want to, I don't want to villainize him. I, I will say though, there have been some rumblings at the Oklahoma, and this is not surprising at all. The Oklahoma roster, and maybe even Caleb Williams was not pleased with how this all went down. And there was a lot of smoke about LSU And Lincoln Riley said on Saturday night after they lost to Oklahoma State, which, yes, we should mention as a result that happened on Saturday, I'm not going to LSU. Chris, in hindsight, we should have known. Like, he was on with, like, that was so coy. It was just almost classic Lincoln Riley. Like, he had something else up his sleeve.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to vilify Lincoln Riley either. This is college football, and Lincoln Riley's stuck around Oklahoma longer than I think some people expected him to. He was a guy who could have gone to the Dallas Cowboys two years ago and chose to stuck with the roster he had. So I'm not going to do that, but he has certainly been very steadfast with recruits and players on his roster that he's at Oklahoma for the long term. And I mean, you can't outright say in the middle of a Big 12 championship push that you're leaving, but there are certainly a lot of hurt feelings on the Oklahoma roster. And I'm not going to begrudge anybody who's upset at Lincoln Riley for that. He certainly didn't tell the truth to a lot of kids when he said he was going to be at Oklahoma long-term. And I understand it from Lincoln Riley's perspective. And kids now have the option to leave whenever they'd like in the transfer portal era, But there are certainly going to be some bruised feelings. I, I really wonder how Bob Stoops is feeling right now. Like Bob Stoops oh. and Lincoln Riley were talked about as this ultimate package together, like really close. But I think Lincoln leaving for USC and Bob Stoops being rumored as the interim candidate says a lot about that relationship. I don't think Bob would just come in there to save the day. Just any situation. You know what I mean? So, like,
0: yeah, I'm sure there's a a
1: lot of stuff in Oklahoma that's
0: going on. I'm glad you brought that up because Oklahoma is absolutely one of the best programs in the history of college football. And it has not really had a coaching change or coaching search since it hired Bob Soups in 1999. And if you want to say, like, that Oklahoma has been propped up by two generational head coaches, I wouldn't say you're wrong. That doesn't mean that it's not a great program. And I don't want to, like, get myself killed by an Oklahoma fan for saying that. But even now, Chris, when you remove Lincoln Riley and you just look at the hot board, like the OU Insider hot board on Twenty Four Seven Sports, maybe Joe Castiglione has a, has an, something up his sleeve. But it, you know, Matt Campbell's not really on the list. Pat Fitzgerald's not on the list. It's it's Jeff Levy. It's it's Brent Venables, who I love, but has never been a head coach. And I know Lincoln Riley wasn't. And I think Brent Venables would be a slam dunk hire. It's Mark Stoops, who a lot of people aren't going to see as a sexy fit. I think this is a really big hire for Oklahoma as, as it enters the SEC. And it, it's almost, I'm I'm surprised, Chris, in my head, how I view Oklahoma, how much it has changed by removing Lincoln Riley, who, as we know, you give him you give him a good quarterback and he's going to turn him into a Heisman contender.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think had Oklahoma still been in the big 12, I would still view Oklahoma in the same way. You might say Oklahoma has been propped up by two excellent coaches the last two decades, but what program hasn't been propped up by an excellent coach? You know what I mean? Like, this, I mean,
0: oh, LSU might've won in spite of its head coach.
1: Yeah. But I think LSU is more of the exception than the rule. Like look at Alabama. That's fair.
0: Where no, that's, fair. That's, fair. that's fair.
1: That's fair. That's fair. And, and, that's I think that's what makes Lincoln Riley sit telling LSU you no know, so interesting as well. But I think going into the SEC, as I mentioned earlier, like Oklahoma is a more problematic job, and I don't I don't think Oklahoma is a bad job by any means. There are some really really good things about Oklahoma. It's one of the steadiest programs in the country. You don't have to worry about the booster infighting at Oklahoma that you do at say their rival Texas. And I
0: mean, it's got the best AD in, in college football probably.
1: Yeah, Joe is super well respected nationally. He usually gives the football coach whatever they need, they have pristine facilities I know it's not Oklahoma's not considered a premium recruiting ground, but you're three hours away from DFW. Like Oklahoma has been able to historically dip into there pretty much whenever it wanted. And I think if you maybe hire Jeff Levy, a young offensive coordinator like Lincoln Riley was back in the day, Jeff Levy being an Oklahoma alumnus, or you bring back Brent Venables, the program will be fine. I just think with Lincoln Riley moving on, and given this transition Oklahoma's enduring right now, with the likely move to the SEC next year in 2023. It's just a really perilous time for Oklahoma to be making this change, and I I really wonder what this would have looked like a month ago had Oklahoma known it was going to come open. Like maybe some of these other coaches don't sign these long term extensions to stay put. I would not rule Matt Campbell out of this situation. Matt Campbell, from as I understand it, has been talking to a number of teams, including Washington, which yeah. I think is probably going to end up with Kalen DeBoer anyway. Mm-hmm. But Matt Campbell would be an excellent fit. I still think Oklahoma's a great job. It's just not as good of a job as USC as we saw today.
0: I, I want to do an episode at some point this offseason on Matt Campbell and what he's been up to the last few days because everybody thinks he's leaving. And it doesn't Matt really Campbell feel doesn't like have, he's, dude, not, he's an like not answering phone calls, apparently, is, is my understanding. Like, he's just like, whatever, I'm going to do this on my own timeline. But I, I, I don't know. I think the more interesting thing to our uh, audience is, is maybe Lane Kiffin tweeting out a photo, of an LSU license plate. Is that about to happen? Look, it's, I think it's either- I think that was
1: a I think that was an Arch Manning okay. Louisiana license plate tweet. If I had read the tea leaves correctly on that,
0: I just got a text from a coach who said I just landed. I'm not going to say the state. I just landed somewhere for recruiting. What did I miss today? Um, <laughs> so I think Lane Kiffin's the most important figure now in college football. Does he go to LSU? I've heard he wants to go to Miami. Do they make that move?
1: Yeah, I, I wonder. I was pretty confident Miami was going to come open last week. I'm talking to one or two people, I'm not as certain about that. I think Mario Cristobal is still a big piece of that puzzle at Miami. I'm, not, he, I'm not, has saying, he
0: told him no yet?
1: I think they're still hoping he says yes. I, I don't know the specifics of those negotiations, but I think Miami still thinks it has a shot at Mario Cristobal. And if Mario Cristobal says yes, L- Manny Diaz is going to be gone. Um, I do not know yeah. if the same thing is certain. Yeah. I mean, obviously, but I do not I do not know the thought is there with Lane Kiffin, nor do I know if Lane Kiffin is that interested in Miami. I have heard he is through the coaching grapevine, but there are so many rumors flying around right now. I don't want to hear responsibly like report something,
0: but what's, what's yeah. funny is the coaches and they they love the gossip as much as anyone. Um, this is this is great theater to them. Yeah, so so Lane Kiffin's someone to watch. I, I will say this about Manny Diaz though, and this kind of ties in the game that we if if this was a normal weekend, we would have spent the last 15 minutes on Michigan versus Ohio State. But the patience paying off. Jim Harbaugh is a much more accomplished head coach than Manny Diaz. I'm not I'm not saying that Manny Diaz is, is really great, but if it, if it's not Mario Cristobal and if it's not Lane Kiffin, I don't know what you're gonna do. And you might as well just, yeah, yeah, it sucks to lose Rhett Lashley to SMU, as as multiple people have reported. You're not recruiting well, but I, I'd give it a go. And I, I think the Jim Harbaugh, I think Jim Harbaugh's moment in Ann Arbor, which don't worry, Chris, like I'll, I'll do an episode on that this week. But I got almost a little emotional watching that on Saturday. That was just, and I know that means a little bit more to him, but I, I think in, in baked into his response to that was the patience. And I know he took a pay cut, whatever, but it, I, I think that can pay off in college football. And, I wonder if maybe there are programs out there who thought about making a move who are reconsidering because of, because of seeing that. I would hope you so. No. Think, you can say no. You can say no.
1: I mean, as we've seen with, I think we have 20 FBS openings right now and we're probably going to end up with somewhere around 25 by the time all these dominoes stop falling. I think that proves that college football boosters and college football fans are not patient. Athletic directors often have extreme pressure to make a move even if it's not the right thing for the program. But as you said, I'm hopeful some coaches get the opportunity to build a program and establish their culture, establish their identity. I think some of the best stories we've seen in college football recently would not have happened without time. Had Matt Campbell not been given years at Iowa State to kind of build up his culture, we would not have had the 2020 season that Iowa State had. Had Jim Harbaugh not been giving another year like we saw last year, Michigan would not have a chance to be in the college football playoff. Hell, had, let's say... Let's flash back to two thousand seven. Nick Saban goes seven and six in his first year at Alabama. If this was a different era, we would have been talking about Nick Saban like he was in the hot seat.
0: No, he was four years removed from a yeah, national Yeah, he
1: was four years from the National Championship. I get it. I mean, No, accurate. no, 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 Chris. The, like, that the,
0: the best no the, no no the, the best pre playoff era example is Dabo.
1: That's that's that is a much better example. Yeah. Dabo getting a chance after like five, five years, years coordinator. Before and, yeah. Really a
0: breakthrough? Yeah. Yeah. Is absolutely that's a coach?
1: That is a I'm
0: that like, is a who much is, who is this yeah, Dabo Sweeney. Cool. Sweeney.
1: Well, everybody was calling him Dabo at that time or something. I mean, like people that. were yeah. calling
0: him Dabo five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: that's right. that's a much right. better right. example. But patience, yeah. patience is great. And like coaches need more of it. Like it does it takes time to establish a culture. It takes time to get the players that fit your system and your scheme on campus. And coaches just don't get it that often anymore.
0: Do you think Billy Napier keeps Anthony Richard? Like, do you think that's can you watch what, what Billy's done what, what Napier's done with I mean, Levi Lewis isn't I mean, this you know, not the same level of player. But I think the offense could fit Anthony Richardson. Do you think that hire that was made official on Sunday and Napier will still coach Louisiana in the Sunbelt Championship against Appalachian State this weekend, do you think that's enough to stabilize Richardson and Florida? And any other general thoughts on that recruiting-related...
1: Uh, I mean, recruiting-related, I think Billy Napier is going to do really well at Florida. I think Florida is going to be more relevant in f- the state of Florida than it's been in a very long time from a recruiting standpoint, dating back to when Urban Meyer was on campus, frankly. Because, Will Muschamp could recruit, but most of his recruitments always centered around the defensive line and quarterbacks, and, uh, well, I don't think Jim McElwain was ever considered a lead recruiter. So I, I think Billy Napier is going to make them really interesting in a landscape of Florida recruiting that is extremely competitive. As for Anthony Richardson, I would imagine he's intrigued by Billy Napier. I think he does fit Billy Napier's system. He runs kind of more of a power spread, uh, kind of almost a little bit like we saw Urban runner run back in the day. That's a little different, but I would imagine. But I don't, I mean, I don't know if Anthony Richardson is a long-term answer either. Maybe Billy Napier goes to the portal and makes a splash and gets some competition on campus. I think he has to find the best guy because as we've seen, Florida's not. The most patient program, and there's going to be a lot of intriguing names to kind of sift through at quarterback this off season.
0: So, real quick, let's do like four minutes on Saturday, and I'll, I'll do more in depth this week. Uh, Michigan's a winner. Who else is a winner? Do you remember Oklahoma State? Overtime? Oklahoma, Oklahoma I State. Mean,
1: <laughs> yesterday feels like a very long time ago. Oklahoma State's a big winner. We used to always joke that there are two results possible in Bedlam: Oklahoma wins by a little, and Oklahoma wins by a lot. And for Mike Gundy to beat Oklahoma for only the third time in his 15 seasons at Oklahoma State is monumental. Oklahoma State, in my opinion, is one win away from playing in the college football playoff, and I don't think anybody saw that happening. And I was going to
0: ask you that. Oklahoma State or Notre Dame?
1: Oklahoma State. like The schedule, I think, should put Oklahoma State in any way. I-, I don't know if Oklahoma State's a better team than Notre Dame. I think they have a better defense and a slightly worse offense. But I think they've earned their way there in a way. Notre Dame hasn't. I, what is what is Notre Dame's best win? Like off the top of your head, Trey. I mean, people talk about the oh, close yeah. lo- the close loss of Cincinnati, but they have. I mean, Wisconsin, but that was a Wisconsin that was
0: a much different Wisconsin team that
1: they beat. Yeah, in and one that
0: doesn't even win the Big Ten West. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Virginia, like. I cannot find a quality win on that schedule since Wisconsin. And that Wisconsin team is a lot different. Purdue, maybe, in early September. Like, I just don't think Notre Dame has earned that.
0: Give me your loser non-Oklahoma division. And I also wonder, Mike Gundy has a brother on the Oklahoma staff when he put on the cowboy hat to give Lincoln Riley a postgame handshake, which is, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know (laughs) if most coaches would do that. Do you think Mike Gundy knew he wouldn't ever have and with oh you probably headed to the SEC next year anyway? Do you think Mike Gundy did that knowing he wouldn't have to see Lincoln Riley in person again? Uh, I, I mean, that. I guess so.
1: I don't think Mike Gundy cares much what people think about him if we've learned Clearly. anything about Mike Gundy in the last decade or so. So I think he was comfortable uh, with that move with that move. Give
0: me sure. your non Oklahoma loser. And I would also prefer if you steer clear of three and nine Nebraska. And I get why you always like to talk about Nebraska, but they did go three and nine. Um, do you have another loser from week thirteen? I mean, I
1: think a lot of teams are a loser. I think Wisconsin, uh, we mentioned them briefly a second ago, was a loser. They had a chance to win the Big Ten West. And I think the same problems Wisconsin's had all year finally bit them. Braylon Allen couldn't bail them out. I think he only ran for 47 yards on Saturday against Minnesota. And Graham Mertz threw an ill-timed interception early in the second half. Minnesota immediately turned that into a touchdown. Um, Wisconsin couldn't throw the ball. They weren't running the ball consistently. And eventually your defense is going to get battered. And Wisconsin came into this year with college football playoff hopes, in my opinion. I think I had Wisconsin in my top eight, maybe, and I picked them to easily win the Big Ten West. And for them to only finish eight and four and to not win the Big Ten West, I think is a supreme disappointment.
0: Especially because at some point during the Ohio State Michigan game, I was thinking to myself, this is awesome, but I'm kind of worried they're going to lose to Wisconsin. And then, yeah, you know, so now it's Iowa. All right, Chris, no, I- I'm going to spend all week diving into all this stuff and the playoff rankings. And Michigan versus Iowa and Cincinnati versus Houston. And then, oh my God, we didn't even mention the Iron Bowl. So uh, how's that going to go versus Georgia? So a very different episode. Uh, and, and hopefully by the time everyone hears this on Monday morning, some of this stuff is so relevant. Like if you and I hop off right now and in one hour, Lane Kiffins announces the LSU head coach, I don't care what Lance, our producer asked me to do. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So quit asking, right? I'm not doing that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I am like you. I'm hoping to put up my Christmas tree here in like 30 minutes. I'm very hopeful nothing else will happen, but I, I'm expecting some more stuff to happen today i get the feeling you might have to re-record an intro at some point it's just been one of those one of those weekends all
0: right well i'm gonna i'm gonna go put some steaks on the grill and we will be back on tuesday for probably a jam-packed edition of the college football daily thank you to chris hummer worked all day and is probably going to uh, need some ivs of coffee this week with transfer portal stuff kicking off too thanks to our producer lance glenn recording this late doing a great job with the rest of the 24 7 sports network podcast my name is trey scott